Hey, Gay Church family. I'm so excited to be with you today. And for those of you who normally jump in on campus with us, as you know, if you live in around this area, we've had some problems with power. We had a major ice storm come through. So we're thrilled to be online today. And let me just say, if you're here for the first time, welcome to the Gate Church. We really are, we love our online family. We're so thrilled that we get to be together even through this medium today. And I believe God has a word for you. So would you just let us know again where you're from, where you're watching from? We just want to say hello. Our hosts want to chat with you a bit. Share this feed, if you will. Let someone else know you're watching because I believe God has a word for us today that in this series that God is speaking to us on forget not. Forget not. We've been in a whole series. Bishop's leading us through this series of walking through the Psalms and seeing how real people, real situations Listen, experience God's real breakthrough. And so today we're in Psalms 46, and I want to jump right in. We're going to read this together. So gather your family around. If you got a Bible or you have your notepad there, maybe you have your phone, we can, you can turn on the, your Bible app. And let's read together out of Psalms 46 in this series called Forget Not. Are you ready? Everybody ready? Grab your Bible. Here we go. All right. Psalms 46. I'm going to read from all, all 11 verses, and then we'll share together after that. Verse 1 says this, God is our refuge and our strength, a help always near in times of great trouble. That's why we won't be afraid when the world falls apart, when the mountains crumble into the center of the sea, when its waters roar and, and, roar and rage, when the mountains shake because of its surging waves. Watch this, verse 4. There is a river whose streams gladden God's city, the holiest dwelling of the Most High. God is in that city. It will never crumble. God will help, help that city when morning dawns. Nations roar and kingdoms crumble. And look at this. God utters His voice and the earth melts. The Lord of heavenly hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our place of safety. Verse 8 says, Come and see the Lord's deeds. What devastation He has imposed on the earth by doing what? He brings wars to an end in every corner of the world. Breaking the bow and shattering the spear and He burns the chariots with fire. That's enough, God says. Now know that I am God. I am exalted above all the nations. I am exalted throughout the world. In verse 11, the Lord of heavenly forces is with us. The God of Jacob is our place of safety. Can you say amen with me to that? Today in this series on Forget Not, I want to talk to you about forget not your confidence. Forget not your confidence. And I don't know if, about your world, but I'm pretty sure I have a pretty good idea they were all in this same experience together in 2020. We have a lot of experiences, a lot of things that have shot a blow at our confidence today. So many things that are out of sort, out of the ways that we're you're used to, or the way we expected to. And, as I thought about that, it reminded me of my daughter, who, like many of you, has, is going through some version of homeschool slash in-school, and we're trying to make things work at our house, trying to figure things out together. And just recently, about two, three, three weeks ago, and you'll recognize 
some of your, your family will recognize this story. We're all around the kitchen table trying to work through math assignments. Now, can I ask somebody online today, does anybody else struggle with helping the kids through math? Sometimes I wonder, am I as smart as a fourth grader? And so we're, we're struggling. We're trying to find a way through this math, and we're on hour three. And so if you've ever been through this, you know what I'm talking about. The, the emotions start to rise, and the tension start to rise, and the frustration starts to rise. And all of a sudden, she starts telling my wife, she says, well, you don't know what you're doing. And I can tell you, for those moms out there, I, I get your... I feel you because it's not, it's not easy for your son and daughter as you're trying to teach them to tell you you don't know what you're doing. And my wife reminded her, I, I do have an education degree, but that, that doesn't help a whole lot sometimes. The emotions just keep rising, keep rising. And then she said something. She gets so frustrated and she finally just throws her hands up in the, airs, into the air and she says to my, to my wife and I, she says, don't these teachers know that there's a pandemic going on in the world? And us kids, we just can't handle it anymore. And you can imagine that just kind of broke the tension and we just, we just all laughed. We were just all gathered around the table. We are just like, yeah, totally makes sense. She's normally a great student. She's normally working through her work and is confident. But because of the change, because of all that's taking place, her confidence has been shaken in her schoolwork. And she's dealing with the middle of a, of a crazy situation. And maybe that's you too today. Maybe you live your life and you've had confidence before, times where you were on a high, where you felt like that things are good, that I'm moving in the right direction. But now in the middle of 2020, all of a sudden, come on, our, our assurance has been shaken a little bit. Anybody with me this morning? Our, our confidence begins to shake because the tensions begin to build, the emotions begin to build, and we don't know exactly the way forward. But I want to share this morning that out of this psalm, in Psalm 46, it's interesting that throughout the psalms and all the stories that we read in the psalms, that God's people, the story we read is that God's people were more often battling through exile and oppression than they were living in power and control. Let me just say that again. Oftentimes, when you read through these Psalms, you realize that God's people, instead of being in, pow in power and being in control and having everything together, they often find themselves living in exile and oppression. And so what is it? They had to learn to follow God when everything else seemed like it was falling apart. Can I ask you today, has, is that you? I mean, are you with me this morning? We've had to deal with a situation where everything is falling apart and we don't know what to do. We're having to learn to trust God. Some of you are having that experience right now today. In fact, as it turns out, as we read the Scripture, we, and we see in this Psalms, in Psalms 46, we learn that the way that we know God and how we learn about ourselves isn't through times of security, Oftentimes, it's through seasons of insecurity. It's not when we have everything together. It's not like when we have all the answers. It's not all the time when we feel like, well, this is going to work out and I've got this strategy and this plan. I don't know if you're like me, but I like to have a strategy. I like to have a plan. And I like when that plan works as I planned it. But that's not where we're at right now. 
That's not where you're at right now. But we learn in the Psalms, particularly here in Psalms 46, that it is often in times where seas are raging, where wars are taking place, where there is turmoil in our culture, we find in those times of insecurity, come on, that God is our confidence. Even when we're not in control, He is in control. That's where we learn to trust God through the storm. Some of you, you may, you may know 1 John chapter 2, verse 13, and John is writing to the church and he makes this, this statement. He speaks to the fathers and he says, Fathers, you have known God from the beginning. What is he saying? He's saying, those of you who have walked a journey a long time, you've seen God deliver when things were difficult. Let me ask you this morning, how many of you today, and I know we have several of our family online, some of our family I know personally, how many of you have seen God work a miracle in your life where you have a testimony today? Can you just let us know right where you're at and just say, I, I have a testimony. I've seen God do miracles. It's in that storm where things are turned over, where, where we don't have an answer, where we don't know the way through, that we find that God is our security and we come out with a testimony. See, too often we lose our confidence in the test or in the trial, because watch this, because our hope is anchored somewhere other than the person of Jesus Christ. Our hope gets anchored in something else. Our hope and our trust, our faith, gets anchored somewhere else beside the person of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 6.19 says it this way. He says, we have this hope. Maybe somebody just say hope with me. We have this hope as an anchor, listen, to my soul. And, he's, and the writer of Hebrew there is pointing to Jesus. We have this hope, which is Jesus, as an anchor to our soul. I want to say to you today, I want to just speak this word to you. If we are to gain our confidence, we have to anchor our hope, not in circumstances or situations, but we have to anchor it in the truth that is Jesus. The reality that He is in control, and I have to anchor that into my soul. As I thought about that analogy that, that is written there in Hebrews, an anchor, and so it's not too terribly complex, you know what an anchor is. You know an anchor is a part of a, a boat or a ship. A ship or a boat has an anchor. And so the whole idea... Of, of that anchor is to hold the boat or the ship steady in turbulent waters. But watch this. An anchor is no good if it's not connected to a rope and the rope is not connected to the boat. The anchor is only dead weight if it's not connected to something. So you can throw the anchor over all you want, but if it's not tied to the boat, if it's not tied to your soul, then it won't make any difference. So many times in our lives, I want to hear, hear this challenge by the Holy Spirit this morning. Many times in our lives, we have a knowledge of Jesus, but our life, our soul is not connected to Jesus. Come on, come on, somebody. We, we know who Jesus is. We have a knowledge, but our, our soul is not connected in the hope 
of Jesus. So He can't be an anchor in our life. It's just dead weight for us. It doesn't make a difference. If your anchor is tethered to the boat, it will hold you in times of storm. So let me ask you this. This is my question. I want to ask you this morning. I want you to think about this. To keep your confidence, I want to ask, do you have your hope connected to your circumstances? Watch this. Your circumstances? Is it to political outcomes? Is it to money? Or maybe it's to your own performance. Or is your hope connected to Jesus today? In, our, in your life, you can have a knowledge of Jesus. You can know all about Jesus. Listen, you can go to church. You can stream online. You can watch four or five different church streams. But hear me out today. If your life, if your soul, if your whole heart is not connected to the person of Jesus Christ, then when the waters rage, when the, when the, when the, you know, the storm enters in your life, you won't have a connection point to hold you steady and to keep you founded and keep your soul grounded. And I don't know who this is for today, but I just want to speak to someone today. I've talked to many friends and family who our emotions are just raging. And even, my, I mentioned my daughter. We had, we had a discussion, the family discussion this week about how emotions rage. And I realize some of that is natural, but let me just say to you today that God wants you grounded and anchored in the confidence that He is for you that He is in control. And listen, that His promises are yes, and to that we say, Amen. And, and I'm, I've heard people say, you know, well, I just want to be humble, and I'm just trusting God, and I'm, I'm, I'm just, I don't know how it's all going to work out. And it just kind of comes across as false humility. And can I say something today? There's a difference between confidence and arrogance. Does that make sense? There's a difference between confidence and arrogance. See, confidence is grounded, godly confidence is grounded in the hope of a testimony. Sometimes you have to go through a trial, you have to go through a test to realize that the same God, come on somebody, the same God that delivered me in that season is going to deliver me in this season. I, and I, I know I'm kind of using my nine-year-old daughter as a, a kind of a, a an example, but as a young lady, I have to help her to, to walk through some storms so that at some point in time in her life, she'll say, God helped me there, so He's going to be with me here. So confidence is grounded in the hope of my testimony. But arrogance is not grounded at all. Listen to this. Arrogance is baseless optimism. It's actually misplaced trust in the power of my own strength. Can I say something to you today? You can't you can't inspire yourself into the kind of hope and into the kind of trust that comes with a relationship with Jesus. Inspiration is really cheap. You can get inspiration. In fact, we live in a culture where we're constantly we're filtering inspiration left and right, and your emotions are probably going up and down. This day's good. That day's terrible. That arrogance doesn't do anything but, but try to stimulate you to convince you of something, listen, that you don't really believe. Because there's no way that I can truly believe in something that's, grounded, that's not grounded at all. It's baseless optimism. So how can I hope in God when everything around me seems to be falling apart? Here's what I do. I put, I anchor myself. Come on. I anchor myself in my relationship with Jesus 
and into the testimony of His faithfulness. Even, even Paul said it this way. He said, if Jesus has not risen from the dead, then our faith is useless. We might as well pack it up and go home. But this is our confidence. And I want to say to you today, this is our confidence that, listen, somebody needs to celebrate right now. Jesus did raise from the dead. Jesus did conquer death. And if He conquered death and He gave life, what else would He withhold? He's going to deliver you. Come on, somebody say amen with me. He's going to deliver you through your present trial. He's going to deliver you through your storm. I just get excited thinking about that. You might say, well, you know, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't, and I feel like this week, even alone, there's been so many heavy, heavy, from a pastoral need standpoint, all around our community, there's been heavy needs and devastation and dis- disappointment. But I know that God knows all of those scenarios. And I know that God is with us. And how do I know that? Well, you look in Psalms 46, verse 3 and 4, and I'll let you go back and read it yourself. But essentially... In verses 3 and 4, God is saying, God rules, or I rule, over natural and biological calamities. I rule over natural calamities in verses 3 and 4. So we're in the middle of of a pandemic. We have a global, natural, or biological pandemic. And so what do we say? We say what the psalmist said in Psalm 46, that God rules over natural calamity. I don't know what you're facing today, but I, I know there are testimonies of people being healed and, and delivered and, and cared for. I understand we have death tolls as well, and so we continue to believe God is the victor over death and that, and that God will bring back wholeness to our nation. I want you to pray that with me, but the first thing, you can't pray something you don't believe. Does that make sense? We have to remember, like the psalmist said, God it rules over natural calamities. Look at verses 8 through 9 if you have your Bible there still. Not only does God rule over natural calamities, but verse 8 through 9 reminds us that God rules over political and cultural calamities. He talks about God ending wars, God breaking spears, God burning chariots. Can I tell you something today? When God's love enters into a culture, it overcomes the power of political turmoil, cultural turmoil. I, I don't, you know, I don't know where you're at today. And, and, I, and I understand that if those of us who are, 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 are U.S. citizens, some of us are international, we have an international family as well that joins us. But those of us who live in America, we live through a, a week where we feel very divided. And, and the truth is, is that our political views are going to differ. We're not going to always see the world the same way. But when we are as a church and we as a people of God are united around this one thing that God rules, that God is Lord over political turmoil, over political tensions, then we can begin to to live and to pray and to speak hope back into a culture. How many of you realize today that's your job? That's my job. It's to speak into this moment in time and say, no matter what's happening all around here, we believe that God still loves the world. God did give His Son and Jesus is alive today. I believe that one of the biggest issues that we're facing today, or the lessons rather, that we're learning as a church family, right, as the people of God in 2020, is, is how to learn to wrestle with what we say we believe about God in spite of the circumstances that we're experiencing. 
We're having to learn to wrestle with that reality. And instead of closing ourselves off or just kind of walling ourselves off, we've been forced, just like everybody else, we're all experiencing the same reality. And the church is forced to face this same struggle as everyone else in our community. And we don't have, listen to this, we don't have pat answers, easy solutions for what is happening around us. We don't have any power to stop a pandemic. We don't have any natural power to end the tension or division in our nation or to change our circumstances. But hear me this morning today. What do we have? We have our hope in God. I'm going to say that again. We have our hope in God. If you read there in that chapter, in verse 46, it's interesting to me, and it stood out to me, that one of the references the psalmist refers to God is he says that you are the God of Jacob. Maybe you go back and look at that. He says, God, you are a ruler over all. You bring hope to us. You bring security in times of insecurity. And he names God twice there in Psalm 46. You are the God of Jacob. Now, those of you who maybe read that story, Jacob, he had a promise from God. At birth, he had a promise from God. But listen, Jacob always struggled with his confidence. Jacob, the story of Jacob, always struggled. He's always trying to manipulate. He was always trying to control. He was always trying to find a way to get what he believed God wanted for him, but he wanted to do it his way in his power. He struggled to have confidence in God. In fact, in uh, Eugene Peterson translates that that part of the passage that that God is the Jacob wrestling God. And, and as I read that, I, I reminded me of, of my son. Some of you may have been involved in sports. I know Pastor Cole, who was just on here a moment ago, he, he, he wrestles. And my son, he wrestles at high school. And, and so when my son about a year ago got involved in wrestling, he was very excited about it. And he's, he was pumped about, you know, just getting in there and learning the, the sport. For that first, like, six or seven months, he would come home and I would say, Hey, son, how did it go? Alex, how, did you have a good time? How did wrestling go? And he said, Dad, I got slammed today. I know he's going to kill me for saying it. But he, he was like, Dad, I wrestled, and, and my friend, he just like picked me up, and he just slammed me. you know. And I, and I thought maybe he would want to quit, but he just kept going back, and he kept going back, and he, he seemed to be having a good time. And, and then before long, as you can imagine, after about you know six, eight months, a year, all of a sudden, you know, he would come back and I'd pick him up from school, from wrestling practice or, or from a wrestling match. We'd, we'd come home and he, said, he would say, Dad, I totally crushed my friend today. I picked him up, Dad. I had him off the ground and I slammed him on the ground. And he was just so excited about the ability to, to, to have the right moves and have the right angles and pick up his wrestling match partner there and slam him on the ground and 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 how how did he how did he manage to do that how did he manage to go from getting slammed on the mat to slamming other friends and beating other friends because why because he stuck it out while he was wrestling he stuck it out through the wrestling see the bible doesn't offer easy key turn turn key solutions to our problems we have to learn listen to wrestle with scripture we, we have to learn like Jacob did, that we have to engage God and, and wrestle 
in that moment. And I, and I, I don't know who this is for. I just want to kind of slow down and pause just a moment to speak to somebody today. I feel like this is a word for you. In 2020, God may be inviting you into a wrestling match. God may be inviting you to wrestle with the truth. Listen, the truth that you say you believe. Sometimes we don't know the reality of that truth until we get in there and we wrestle with it. We get stronger through that process of wrestling and we find out, listen, we find out like Jacob that we can let go of our strategies and our performances to try to win and we can learn to trust the God of the promise. You hear what I'm saying this morning? You want your confidence back? You want to know and be secure in a time of insecurity? You've got to wrestle with God. There, there's no easy solution. You, you can't flip through Scripture and just start pulling out uh, random patterns, and random Scriptures, random verses, and think that's going to be the solution. The solution is not, a, uh, it's not just a word. It's a, it's a person. It's, it's, a, it's a holy being. His name is Jesus. The Holy Spirit will enter into this process with you. But you have to agree to enter into that process of wrestling with God, wrestling with that truth, and trusting. Listen, trusting that on the other side, you may come out limping. Are you hearing me today? You may come out limping like Jacob, but you'll know who you are. You'll know, you'll have the confidence on the inside to know, I know who I am and I know the God that I serve. I want to share with you three things and then, then I'll let you go today. We'll, we'll end our time together, but I want to share with you three things that the enemy will use to destroy your confidence. And I want you to write these down. I want you to get them in your heart because God wants you to forget not your confidence. And he, these are the things that will destroy, that are attacking your confidence today. Number one, broken relationships. Broken relationships. You might say, what does that have to do with being confident? Let me just say this, that broken relationships bring division. And we cannot, listen, I want to say this, this and just lean into that. I want you to hear me. We cannot maintain covenant with God without also being in covenant with one another. Somebody needs to receive that today. We can't be in covenant with God without also being in covenant with one another. I realize that we have different people from different walks of life and different cultures. And your neighbor might not be like you. When I say neighbor, I mean that in the broadest sense. The people around you, the people on your, your Twitter feed or Instagram feed or, or your Facebook feed or, or people that are on the news, they might not be like you, but we cannot maintain our confidence in God and be in division with one another. So wherever it is today that the enemy is trying to divide you, maybe he's trying to divide your home. Maybe he's trying to divide your marriage. Maybe it's time to put down the weapons, put down the words, put down the attacks. We have so many examples in our, in our world today, in our narcissistic kind of self-driven world of people who are out for only them. I wonder, could we have a people who are so committed to God that they're also committed to one another? For those of you who are in our Gate Church family and you are in our small group series, we're actually going through a series right now about the one anothering all throughout Scripture. So take care that the broken relationships in your life aren't eating away at your confidence. You need each other. We need each other. Number two, write this down. 
The second thing that erodes your confidence is the loss of joy. The loss of joy. I would really encourage any of you to go back to last week's message. Bishop talked about the pathway to joy. And, re- and watch that message again because joy begins to fuel our life. We've, we've become, in fact, we've become so addicted, whether it's to a screen or to a 24-hour news feed. I know many of us, there has been an onslaught of 24-hour news just around the clock, 3 a.m. this last week, you can watch news and, and have you know breaking news. I don't know how it's breaking every hour on the hour when it's the same news, but nonetheless, we have this onslaught of just information just kind of pouring in. And what I noticed was it's amazing how that what we consume can steal our joy. I've even noticed that in my own life when I'm when I if I were to spend time just scrolling through social media or I'm or I'm constantly stuck to a television screen, and we don't even realize it how it's eroding away the joy in my life. Let me remind you, whatever it is that's entering into your eye gates and your ear gates can erode your joy. You need to put a guard on your heart today and on your eye gates and ear gates and ask God, Lord, I want to hear from you so that I have joy and I don't experience the erosion of my confidence in you. Take care for what you're letting in. And here's the third thing. Not only do we have broken relationships that erode our, our confidence, the loss of joy takes, takes away our confidence. And the third thing is this misplaced trust. Misplaced trust. In Matthew chapter 7, and then again in Luke chapter 6, Jesus shares this illustration about building a house. And he reminds the, the in his parable, he says that, that the that the one who builds his house on the rock, when storms come raging through, that one will be confident. But when you build your, your house, when you build your life on sinking sand, when the storms come, it'll wash away all that you care about, all that you know. And here's the thing we need to remember. Christians, Christ followers, church, we, need, we should be a people, I'm going to give you a big word, who have an eschatological hope. A big word, it just means this. It means that we need, we believe that God is bringing all things together for an ultimate good by the power of His love and grace. That's my eschatological hope. I know that in the end, this is my hope, that God in His power and by the power of His resurrection is bringing this world not to a cataclysmic, uh, iconic Uh, eruption, but He's bringing all things, I want you to hear me today, He's bringing all things back to a perfect union with Him. Do I know how that's going to happen? Do I know the pattern? Do I know how it's all going to work out? No. You don't know, I don't know. But I have this hope, so my trust is not in the circumstance. My trust is not in this political outcome. Somebody needs to hear me today. It's not in all the things that are going around me. It's not in the economy. It's not in my bank account or my job. My hope and my trust is not misplaced, but it's anchored in Jesus. That's how we keep our confidence in God. Let me share this with you, this last part. I think they're going to put this on the screen. And I want to pray over you today so that you would keep your confidence, forget not your confidence in this season. In the message translation of the Bible, Eugene Peterson's translation, chapter 46 of Psalms, verses 8 through 10. They'll put it on the screen. It says this, Attention all, see the marvels of God. 
He plants flowers and trees all over the earth, and He bans war pole to pole. He breaks all the weapons across His knee. Step out of the traffic and take a long, loving look at me, says the Lord, your high God, who is above politics and above everything. I want to say that again. He is above everything. As you read that scripture in Psalms 46, I want you to see the God that you serve. And this is the invitation. If you don't know this God, if you don't know this hope, I want to invite you right now and say, well, I'm driving in my car or I'm watching this later. doesn't matter. Wherever you are right now, maybe you already know the person of Jesus. Maybe you've already connected relationally with him, but you need to tie off your hope again once more on that anchor. I want to encourage you to do that right now because I'm going to pray for you. But if you've never called out on Jesus, this is the time to do it. I know we're struggling. I know many and women's families, kids, children are struggling in this time. But don't lose your confidence and I can tell you how to get it back. Anchor yourself to Jesus because He has the power to redeem and care and keep you and bring you through so that after the wrestling, you will know He is able and you will have a testimony. Can I pray for you today as we close? I know we'll have hosts that are going to encourage you. Let us know if you have a prayer request. I want to pray for you right now. We want to pray together. If, you've, if you want to receive Jesus, let me just issue this invitation to you. Would you just pray this prayer with me? It's real simple. Jesus, I need you today. My confidence is shot. The emotions are high. I'm discouraged. And I feel this onslaught that I don't know what to do about. But in my moment of desperation, I'm calling out to you, Jesus. Just say that prayer. Jesus, I need you right now. And I invite you into my life to be my anchor of hope. If you prayed that prayer today, it's no magic formula. I'm just telling you that Jesus is real and the power of God is real. I believe the Holy Spirit is moving into your life right now. Would you let us know right now? Let us know that you prayed with us. Let us know There's, there'll be a link there that you can tell us what we pray for you about or how can, you, how can we serve you? Because we want your confidence to grow this week and it won't come through inspiration or cheerleading. It's going to come through the person of Jesus Christ. I want you to know we love you. Bishop and Pastor Kathy love you. Thank you for joining us today. We're excited that you're a part of our life. We want to be a part of your life. There are things happening here on campus all week long. Get to know us. Let us know where you're at. Follow us on social media and let us be an encouragement to your life this week. God bless you and we'll see you.